Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome everybody. So good to have you with us. It's Monday, November 9th, 2020. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. And guess what? It is for mortgage professionals. We do our best job to get you information in a timely format. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format so you can listen to it anytime and anywhere. <laughs> yep, that's a little text coming in there. Yeah, I hope you all enjoy the podcast. How's that? Anyway, we're so glad to have you with us here today. We've got in our Hot topic segment, Brent Chandler, founder and CEO of Form Free. He's widely recognized as an innovator in mortgage and financial service technologies for the last 25 years and has been creating some really leading edge stuff. We invited him on because if I want to talk to someone who's a real critical thinker about what's going on and the direction of what we've been talking about recently, which is software that can automate and improve the performance of our underwriters, getting back up to eight to 10 loans a day. Hey, for those of you who are new, we used to do that. Not the two and a half that we've been at, stuck at for so long, but Brent is going to talk about that. And also, we're going to hear about some exciting things that they're doing at Form Free to that I think are very innovative. And so get perspective on what's going on in the industry, where he sees it going, and then we're going to be talking about specifically some of the things that are happening at Form Free. So very excited to have Brent Chandler joining us here a little bit later in the topic. So special thank you to goes out to Industry Syndicate. They do a great job of hosting a lot of podcasts, ours included. Check out industrysyndicate.com as well as mortgagemedia.com. We also want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Great conference that they had. Go back and listen to the interview we did with Dawn Williams, who talked about the conference. And uh, we appreciate Dawn and all that she did for the annual conference. Oh, you're there at the MBA site. Go be sure to check out the Mortgage Action Alliance application that you can download on your phone to have your voice heard in Washington, D.C. Dear God, we need our voices heard there. Also, Finaster, who's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution, does a great job of solving so many solutions. They have a webinar coming up on Thursday, November 12th. Check it out at 1 p.m. Central Time. It goes from 1 to 2 p.m. I urge you to check that out. There's a special link in our show notes so you can register now. Mention you heard about it on the podcast. Another very innovative company doing some things. Third largest fintech company in the world. Finastra has got going on. Also, the Mortgage Collaborative. I'm really excited to have Tom Gallucci coming on. We recorded an interview with him, our partnership with Tom and the whole team there at the Mortgage Collaborative, the TMCs. We're very grateful for that, as well as our partnership with Lenders One. So, two co ops that do a great job of adding value to mortgage bankers and uh, lenders and their vendor members. So, and check it out at our website, look at onlending.com. 
or go out to each of their respective websites. Also, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, great for their sponsorship, as well as Indicom. They do so much to help at every stage of the mortgage life cycle. Check out their automation. And we had Linda Bomar on, and go check out that previous podcast, as well as Incelerate. This is a company that has leading edge technology helping mortgage lenders bring their expertise in a pre-designed campaigns coming together to enhance the power of a borrower engagement. Ainsworth Advisors, also a company that allows you to have a board of advisors. Many companies are looking for a board of advisory service, especially as you apply for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Jenny Mae. Who is your board of advisors? Check out AinsworthAdvisors.com. Also, AI Assist, helping bring artificial intelligence into the marketing side of the business. They've got some great stuff that they're doing. Check that out as well as Celebrity Home Loans, Innoviant. Ted Kramer's got some stuff to help you and your pricing. Got to check out how that works. We're going to be having Ted come on and talk with us here in an upcoming podcast. He's a client, he's a friend, and you've got to check out what they do. It's amazing. If you're in secondary marketing, check out Innovian, I-N-O-V-I-E-N-T.com, Knowledge Coop, as well as Mobility RE and Modix. Both of these companies help you attract and recruit some of the top talent, LOs, as well as find out who they're really doing business with and a real amount of business. What is the real business volume? Also, Velma, VendorServe, Vidyard, and finally, special thank you goes out to Alice, Andy, Allen, and Matt with their contributions to this podcast each and every week. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. This past Saturday, MBA President and CEO Bob Brooksmith issued a statement congratulating Joe Biden on his election as President of the United States and Kamala Harris on her history-making moment as Vice President. Brooksmith said he looks forward to working with them, the new administration, and the new Congress on a wide variety of issues, including access to affordable housing for all Americans, helping first-time homebuyers enter the market, assisting homeowners, renters, and landlords negatively affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, and ensuring liquidity and a level playing field for lenders and borrowers alike. Brooksmith went on to say that the housing market continues to be a bright spot in the current economy, which is why it's critical to support policies and initiatives that ensure its success, while at the same time maintaining a fair and transparent regulatory environment that protects all participants. That's it for now. Thanks for joining me. Good job. Appreciate Rob Van Rapport's taking the time to do that each and every week. He does a great job. Appreciate it. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance application. Download it on your phone. Have your voice heard on the Hill. They do so much to help us. And no, you do not need to be a member of the MBA. Have your voice heard through this app. You should be. So Trisha Magliazzo will tell you many reasons why you need to be. She does such a good job there as well as the whole team. So thank you and kudos to the NBA for all they do for our industry. Let's get over to Les Parker with this week's TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Bad votes. There's no need to be down. They say new votes. Pick them up off the ground. They say more votes because they're in a new round. Investors aren't unhappy because a divided Congress means little interference from new legislation. Meanwhile, in mortgage land, 
few bad apps and lots of new apps make happy lenders mini clams. So are mortgage bankers complacent? Do they lay off risk consistently? Are borrowers locking in? Don't get boiled like the frog. Jump out and lock in and just go rest. At the YMCA, you'll sleep well with no risk today. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Love that song. Check out TM Spotlight and sign up for Les's free newsletter. But you can also put in the word power and get the paid version for free. How about that? Check it out at tmspotlight.com. Matt Graham's here to give us a real view of what's going on in the world. I mean, how quickly things have changed. Things are been a wild and crazy day earlier, but is it starting to settle down, Matt? Yeah, no, we all know the election happened last week. But leading up to that, last week was really a story of last month. And by that, I mean that September was very calm, very sideways, slightly stronger for the bond market. And then October shows up and takes us in a completely different direction. No kidding. Uh, Treasury yields start lifting, but we still always need to be on the lookout for some uh, influence coming through there. So anyway, why was October the way it was? I think it's fair to say that at the very least, the election was a part of that. We have COVID to talk about, too. We're going to get to that in a moment. But investors are preparing for the election, however they're going to prepare for it. And a lot of people have been really curious about how that works. And Dave, I know you love the chat on MBS Live to tune in and see what people are talking about. And probably the most common question I've gotten over the past month is, how does the election impact rates? What are rates going to do if XYZ happens? And I think heading into the election, it probably had most to do with something less just alluded to, which was the notion of the blue sweep, which mm-hmm. could get if Biden one, it would give the Democrats complete control. They could pass more legislation, spend more money, make bigger stimulus. And uh, bigger stimulus hurts bonds on two accounts. First, if it has an economically positive impact, that is bond negative because we know bonds generally feed on economic negativity. And then, of course, the bigger it is, the more treasury issuance it implies because treasuries will be used to pay for that stuff. More issuance, more supply, higher yield. Pretty simple stuff. So that was the narrative going into election night. And that is why yields spiked very quickly to the highest levels in months when Biden jumped out to an early lead in a few states. And it's why yields reversed when those leads evaporated and things got murky. So why didn't bonds then weaken when Biden odds improved? later in the night? That's a big question, right? How can we talk about this narrative and then, and then not have it apply later on in the night? So again, to Les's point, we have to look at the Senate. And the Senate race didn't look like it was going to give, and it still doesn't, depending on the Georgia runoffs, it didn't look like it was going to leave the door open for a blue sweep. And also bonds did weaken a little bit in the coming days as Biden's odds improved. And the Georgia runoffs cast some doubt as to what will become of the Senate in January. I'm not an expert on political forecasting. All I know is that there's some uncertainty there. I don't know how likely any particular outcome is. At any rate, still managed to go into the weekend at pretty decent levels. Now, yields were higher on Friday night than they had been, but they weren't as high as they were on election night. But 
It turns out the joke was on us if you've looked at the market this morning and it's hard to miss. And the joke goes something like this. How many COVID vaccine headlines does it take to kill the bond market? There actually is no punchline yet, Dave, because traders are too busy selling bonds still. The, the rest of the joke will be written once the selling is done, but it will not be done until morale deteriorates some more. So Pfizer, 6.45 a.m. Eastern, comes out with a news release about their vaccine with, I think, BioNTech or BioNTech, I don't know how you say it, being 90% effective. And this appears to have been, it's not a magic cure, but it's promising enough for markets to hedge their bets that this is the biggest COVID vaccine headline we've had so far. People have been following this and the number of people that have gotten sick in the study had increased to such an extent that they were able to glean this 90% figure, which is a lot higher than people were expecting. And just to put things in perspective, the FDA lists the minimum threshold for creating these vaccines at 50% efficacy. So this drives home the importance of just how big COVID is as the ongoing market mover for the bond market. There is still a big disconnect between treasuries and MBS, however. And MBS are definitely hanging in a lot tougher than treasuries and mortgage rates are doing great compared to MBS as well. So there's a bit of a cushion for the mortgage market specifically. But this is something I think we will be talking about in the coming weeks because the mortgage market is doing so well. We have to start to wonder if there being anything that causes the Fed to reassess whether or not it needs to spend $40 billion a month if MBS mm -hmm. spreads are so incredibly tight versus treasuries. And it's something I'm going to be talking to contacts about and researching and look forward to having more information for you there in the coming weeks. Bottom line though, starting out on a very negative note this week, hoping to hold at some sort of supportive ceiling around 0.96 in terms of 10-year yields and maybe around 103 in terms of 2.0 UMBS coupons. It's going to take a big bite out of rates this morning. It already has. Lenders repricing yeah. for the worse, but hopefully we can see things level off as the week continues. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's fun to read the comments in here. And you also have some other tabs in here and um, no time is short today, but to go back to watch that market for us and encourage everyone to go check out mbslive.net and you've got real-time market data and analytics and some just more information than you can imagine on there. It's so valuable. And when you sign up, use LOL to sign up because you get an extended trial period and no credit card is required. Matt, you do such a good job with it. I'm grateful to have you on the podcast each and every week. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. You bet. All right. Alice Alvey is here live with us. Alice is CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. Good to have you here, Alice, with this week's legislative update. What's happening? Yeah, I love Les's piece on no risk today, right? So we're, I guess, from the legislative standpoint, right, they're all still busy doing other things. And the way the markets are today, like Les, said from his viewpoint is they're not paying attention to us. So that's great. Mm. So for what I wanted to talk a little bit about was the CSBS, which is the Conference of State Bank Supervisors, has a proposed regulatory framework out there that's open for comment, and we have until December 1st to respond. The reason this is a big one and noteworthy is anything that happens in an audit ends up potentially impacting the price that we offer to consumers. If audits are expensive and costly, if we have to do a lot of things operationally in order to stay in compliance with certain regulations, even if they are in servicing, our chance to uh, potentially make up some of that revenue 
or account for that maybe either in interest rate or in higher fees. So we watch this type of thing very closely to understand really, okay, what is the CSBS's mission here? Are they trying to just standardize things in an existing format that we already know, or are they looking to increase the requirements as a part of what they're calling standardization? So far, when we look at it, and the Mortgage Bankers Association, of course, is looking at it as well, it looks like things are just trying to align with existing liquidity requirements, as well as some risk and other capital requirements. But there's a lot of questions here. So I do recommend for all of you out there who are responsible at your companies for commenting on these, this CSBS proposal is something to really take a deep dive in and make sure that your company is responding. Because where it gets a little difficult is for the smaller companies who may be only conducting, you might be a big originator, right? Maybe you've got billions this year, but you're an interim servicer. So that kind of loops you in on how your states where you do business and will be regulating you. So we do recommend that everybody jump in, comment, reach out to the Mortgage Bankers Association if you want to get some additional feedback. But there's a lot in here. Did you know non-mortgage banks now service more than the banks? And we crossed over that line about a year ago, a little more than a year. And so we really are under the radar. And this is an important one to respond on. Everybody needs to make their voices heard, as you mentioned earlier, under the Mortgage Action Alliance. Now, this isn't a piece of legislation. It's through the Conference of State Bank Supervisors, which would be a proposal through their website at csbs.org. Did you know, a little tidbit for the day for everybody, there are about 240 pieces of legislation at the state level just related to COVID. We're all trying to identify, okay, can I travel over to this state over Thanksgiving? And I'm trying to figure out what I can and can't do. It's literally changing daily. So our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone dealing with the COVID. We understand what's going on. We're fortunate down here in Texas where we're... Uh, at least in that little community of Marble Falls, we're getting along pretty good. Not too many issues. Yeah, things seem to be getting back to normal. But anyway, Alice, thank you so much. Say hi to Bill. Alan, appreciate you and the whole team up there. Thank you. Let's get over to Alan Pollock. Any words of wisdom? So all I will say are a few very short comments. So anyways, I just want to remind folks that we're getting near the end of the year. Technology, super important, actually. Uh, a friend of mine over at Fannie Mae just today mentioned that there's a, a new post that they put out about the vendors that are now you lad ready. Make sure you read that and check with your vendors. I told her I would give a little shout out to Fannie Mae there. Second thing, and, and it is really important, that's why I, I think if you haven't verified that your vendors are ready or that even you're ready, or if you're using Salesforce to integrate with data, or if you have mm. your own data libraries, it's just super important that you're aware of the structure of data could change, the fact that there may be new data fields, one or two fields could have been retired. The next thing is next week, we're going to talk, David, about what to do with the rest of the year. We still have time. There are projects that are important. Some people do have code freezes as we get towards the end of the year. My suggestion is you want to hear next week's podcast. We're going to talk about something we've mentioned in the past called the Moscow Method, which Moscow, focuses yeah. on four very important aspects of project planning, which is must-have, should-have, could-have, and won't-have, all software development. So we'll talk about that next week. Yep, again, if you're looking for work, to be an auditor, to work with guidelines and pricing data or support or customer service. I've got a number of vendors and lenders that keep asking me if I know people, reach out to me. I'd be happy to play Cupid for you. 
You can reach me, Alan, A-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Good. Appreciate it, Alan. Look forward to next week and all that you got for us. I know it's good. Appreciate it very much. Andy Shell, the Prophet Doctor, is in the house. Good to hear from you. Uh, I'll keep it fast and short and then expand upon it and let people know where they can go to get more information. So the, the idea is that the reason for my sabbatical was to come up with a presentation that I thought would be interesting and valuable. I do want to quickly mention, though, that I've been teaching the accounting series through the Mortgage Bankers Association for the last three weeks and for the next two weeks. So if you want to know about your business, then you, yeah. you need to know accounting. So sign up, go to mba.org. Yep. By the way, so I've had a couple of clients tell me that they're going to it and they just loving the information. So you're doing a great job and got several of our clients that steered over there. And so they're telling us this is really good stuff. We've always appreciated the feedback. I'm glad that they are attending the webinar. Thanks for that. So the, the content I'm going to talk about today, along with a bunch of other stuff, is also available on my teaching website, my drshell.com website. And if you can spell Lickin, then you can spell Shell. It's S-C-H-E-L-L. So when I was preparing for today, I asked a couple of business owners, I said, you tell me what you want, what you really want. And so the feedback I've been getting is that business owners want to be successful, content, and happy. And that's probably the same thing an employee would say as well. So when looking through all of my piles of doctor papers, there's, I think, a path to help people find success and contentment through a process that I'm actually labeling personal Kaizen. So Kaizen is a Japanese word that means continuous improvement. It's one of the reasons that the Japanese manufacturing operations through the 70s now kicks Detroit's hiney because of this process of continuous improvement. And it's applied to a business setting, but I believe it's applicable to a personal setting as well. So I think an important foundation for success, to be content, to be happy, can be pursued through a personal kaizen, which means personal pursuit of improvement. And I think by doing this, it does a couple of key things. It, one, will help to remove thought dependency because we're going to learn through self-improvement how to identify the next step. It's also going to develop intellectual independence. So we're going to be able to identify how to make decisions, how to get to the next step. And I think the part that's most important, and I'll say what it says, but I need to describe it, and and we probably won't get there today, but it's through the empowerment in the ability to validate ideas. How do you know if an idea is good, bad, or indifferent? The validity of an idea is a very fuzzy thing, but there's actually some process that we can use to help examine how that fits. And as you start beginning to think through this process, to begin down the path of a personal Kaizen, again, it's the personal pursuit of constant improvement. Adopting a personal Kaizen means always pursue why. This is probably one of the most foundational elements to this. As the listeners know, Dave and I were business partners for about 10 years, starting 15 years ago or so. And one of the things that we would do on every transaction a project, a a sales call, a a closing of a transaction, whatever it was, we would do a post-mortem. We would go, huh, that didn't go well, or huh, that was great. And most of the time I would say to Dave, I can't believe you said that so perfectly. But you examine every event. You don't just skip past it. Every day is a learning opportunity and the opportunity to pursue why. The point is, 
the constant pursuit of a personal Kaizen creates the ability to then leverage knowledge. And I'm going to wrap it up with this last point, because I think that by embracing this idea of pursuing a personal Kaizen, it helps people pursue the why so we can learn the how. And if we pursue the why to learn the how, we'll then be able to learn how to make decisions, how to explain options, how to be heard, and how to hear. Both are super important, how to hear and how to be heard. And also, it will help to define how to define your worldview. And I think the pursuit of understanding a worldview is colossally important, and I actually give some references later on about one way to do there through some writings by Robert Bork. So I'll wrap it up there for now. Yeah, so I appreciate you, Andy, and I appreciate the wisdom you bring. Go out to drshell.com. This is our transition point. We transition out of our weekly update. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Listeners, we want to tell you, be sure to check out our sponsorship page, the MBA, CMLA, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, Modex. There's so many others out there. Finastra, great to have you as our listener. Check out our sponsors. They make this program possible, and we appreciate you letting them know. Have a great week, everybody. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.